This is Ned Ryan, and welcome to The Right Side, Episode 7. I'm joined today by uh, one of my best friends, Dr. Paul Bonicelli, uh, who is currently the Director of Programs and Education at Acton Institute in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Uh, Paul is also uh, been in and out of higher education, been provost and executive vice president at a variety of colleges and universities, and is also a former uh, Bush administration official in regards to foreign policy, was at USAID um, uh, in a variety of roles, the second one being Senate-confirmed assistant administrator over the Latin American Caribbean region. And so, Paul, uh, great to have you on the podcast. Good to be with you, Ned. I would really like to discuss something that has obviously been on the forefront of a lot of people's minds recently has seemingly dropped off a little bit with all of this discussion of tax reform and obviously the Alabama Senate election and all these other things that have that have taken over the headlines, Fusion GPS, et cetera, uh, and the Mueller investigation. I really want to talk about the situation in North Korea and more importantly, China's role uh, in, in how how China can really be of help in us solving this situation in North Korea because I, I think people have focused a lot on, well, North Korea getting nuclear capabilities and how will they use them against us. I think one of my real concerns about all this is what do they do if they get nuclear capabilities and then become a um, basically a marketer, seller of small nuclear weapons around the globe to not even uh, third-party nations but just rogue terrorist organizations and, and the impact that that could have. But how do you think China can really play a role moving forward in getting North Korea to the table or completely changing the dynamics of this situation? Well, you're exactly right that the last week, couple of weeks, it's been a shame for foreign policy to drop off the front pages because the situation with North Korea has gotten much worse. Uh, the, the belief is that they are about to test another weapon. Um, and at the same time, China is sending some very mixed signals. They have not really done a whole lot uh, to accommodate the president, and they are showing in this last, I'd say, five days that they are preparing for a mass exodus of North Korean refugees. But I really would be, before you keep going, I, I want to stop you really quick. They're getting ready to test another weapon. Are we just supposed to sit here and let them continue to test weapons and just stand by and, and do nothing? I mean, what do you think the proper response is for them continuing to test these nuclear weapons, the, 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 the missiles, the, the ICBM capability, which, again, their whole goal is to have the capabilities to drop nuclear warheads on American cities in the very short term. What should be our response to every time they test? Well, they, after the, you know, the last test was in September, and it was a massive weapon, probably a hydrogen bomb, which raises the stakes greatly. Um, and the only time North Korea has ever broken its um, really unstoppable march to nuclear weapons capability was during the Chinese Party Congress. That was out of respect for the Chinese government. Uh, but that's it. They certainly haven't shown respect for the United States and stopped any testing or changed any of their tactics, uh, which indicates that China is really not doing a whole lot in this situation. Um, so it is the most dangerous time. And you're exactly right when you referred to the... Um, uh, becoming a bazaar for nuclear weapons for terrorists and, and rogue nations. They will do that. To answer your specific question about um, what is it time for the United States to do, I think that the United States cannot allow another test without some kind of military response. 
Um, China has proved that it is going to wait till the very last minute to do anything to accommodate our wishes, if indeed they will at all. And uh, so you have two options. You have um, one would be a nuclear, uh, I'm sorry, would be a military strike of some kind. It would be to shoot down the missile. It would be to shoot at wherever the missile launched from. It would be something military that would send the serious signal that the United States truly is prepared to go to war rather than live under the threat of a nuclear weapons-capable North Korea threatening us and, and uh, our allies in the region, as well as becoming a marketer of those things. The other option would be um, a blockade. It would be to, regardless of whether the Russians or the Chinese or the U.N. approves of it, to literally begin to blockade uh, the comings and goings, sort of like what happened in Cuba under President Kennedy. So... I think, obviously, until very recently, and, and I think the jury's still out as to whether they've really changed how they're approaching this, China has, has really sat there and gone, who, us? In regards to North right. Korea, as though, what are you talking about? You created this Frankenstein pit bull. And so I think a couple things that I want to hear your thoughts on. Let's, let, let's remember, North Korea would not have any of these capabilities if it weren't for China First of all, turning a blind eye to it, but at the same time, making sure it had the resources, the technology, the scientists, all of these things to create these capabilities and even help finance it, uh, and also turn a blind eye when I think Iranian uh, nuclear scientists and others have also been able to help the North Koreans get to this level of, of capability. And so, A, China's role in creating this North Korea situation, and then B, I mean, China, we have to, and you've made this point to me, we have to get China to understand that its priorities are our priorities, or our priorities are their priorities. How do we get them to do that? Because right now, I, I think we've maybe made some progress, but it's almost as though they're still kind of going, eh, we don't really feel like it. Is it economic? Um, what What is it that brings China to the table in a serious way and go, okay, finally, we're going to actually accommodate your interests, America? Yeah, well... Uh, you're exactly right. China is completely responsible for North Korea existing as the threat that it does. Now, I'm not absolving Kim Jong-un or his uh, father or grandfather from uh, the guilt that they bear, but they wouldn't have been able to do anything they've done, uh, including exist as a separate communist state uh, on the peninsula if it weren't for China's intervention and permission. Uh, and, and over the years, um, put yourselves in the, the Chinese government's uh, footsteps. It makes perfect sense that they would want North Korea to be a communist state threatening the South, threatening Japan, threatening the United States. It's in their strategic interest to try to make it hard for the United States and our allies to exercise influence in that region of the world. Um, we do, of course, because it's a major trading uh, issue for us to be in trade with our allies over there as well as many other countries in that part of the world. Besides which, the United States is a great power. Cannot be told that it cannot uh, be active in any part of the world. That's absurd. <laughs> we will be active anywhere that our interests require us to be. So it makes sense for China to want to do that. What doesn't make sense is for the United States to acquiesce to that. And uh, supporting Taiwan, supporting South Korea has been our, our policy. It's made good sense. What we've not done well is North Korea. Uh, for three administrations until President Trump, we have permitted the North Koreans to play the game where they threaten us, and then we give them stuff. We try like to bribe food. them. We try to bribe them, exactly. Uh, they play the game very well because they've known all along that we were not interested in war. 
President Trump comes along and whether it's because of his personality or not, remove whether or not President Trump is a tough president. I think he wants to be tough in foreign policy. But whoever is president right now would have to deal with this, whether it be Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump. They were going to have to deal with this because Kim Jong-un doesn't see a future for himself and his regime unless he has nuclear weapons. He saw what happened to Libya when they gave up theirs. Uh, he saw what we did to Saddam Hussein. He's being realistic when he wants these weapons. So the key here, we're back to China. So China making, should. But, but really quick, you're making the argument because a lot of people are going this short, fat, little crazy kid is being irrational. But you're saying in many ways this is actually a very rational response, according to them, because of what they've seen take place in the rest of the yeah. world. I think it's rational for him to want these weapons to preserve himself. Where he's irrational is that he doesn't have a regime or a system or the, his own personal ability to get enough information and to analyze information and to dialogue about the information. You know, he has no... Uh, intelligence services like we do. He has no Congress. He has no media. He has nothing that helps formulate good decisions. And that's dumb. Uh, but that's the, the path that he and his father and grandfather chose. So we shouldn't see him as a crazy man who just is bloodthirsty. He is that, bloodthirsty. But he needs the weapons to stay in power. He gets that. So we're back to China. China China's the key right. that says, okay, look, we're not going to let you fall or we're not going to let you be overrun and be, you know, uh, unify the peninsula under South Korea. We're not going to allow any of that. But you have become too big of a security threat for us because, to get back to your question, China has to face the future under President Trump. Do you want to see your worst nightmare, which is a nuclear South Korea and a nuclear Japan and right. maybe even a nuclear Taiwan, to forever foreclose China dominating the region? Because that's what President Trump seems to be offering. You will face your worst nightmare because we won't restrain any of our allies from doing what they have to do to be secure from North Korea, including ourselves. So that's the, a non-economic approach right. to saying, China, you will come to the table. You either come to the table to get North Korea under control by either you know, taking away these capabilities or, quite frankly, uh, regime change. Or these guys are going to get the capabilities and have them for as long as we think they need them. Exactly. Or I mean, but economically... Well, there is an economic uh, alternative, and that is that the President of the United States says we will cut off trade with any nation that is helping North Korea on this path. Um, whether it's an immediate trade um, block... Uh, well, immediate trade war, or whether it's uh, calculated, it's, uh, it's integral, it, it steps it up as China doesn't uh, comply. I don't know what would be the best option. Uh, but that is another possibility. And so the question in the White House is, what's more disruptive for us? Is it a trade war with China, cutting off trade with China until they comply on North Korea? Or is it to just directly go to the military uh, operations with um, North Korea to uh, eliminate that threat? One thing that has happened this week that didn't get a lot of attention because of uh, the Alabama Senate race and the tax bill is that Rex Tillerson, the Secretary of State, said very plainly and bluntly two days ago that we are ready to negotiate at the table with the North Koreans with no preconditions. We've never said that before. We've never said to them that they have to, uh, that they can come to the table and we have no preconditions. And it could be an error and a sign of weakness that the United States thinks that nothing is going to happen other than move to containment. We'll accept them as a nuclear power, and we'll just try to contain them. I don't think that's where the president is. No, and contain – I mean, 
go back to Neville Chamberlain and Hitler. Right. I mean, you know, peace in our lifetime because we've struck a deal. When certain people are down, going down a certain path and have shown for decades and, and decades and decades with this regime in North Korea, containment's not going to work. I mean, no. that, that, that to me is well, well, so only, naive. Not only that, the only way containment could work is the military option we talked about a moment ago, which is a blockade. Uh, North Korea and, and China are not going to voluntarily restrict North Korea's building up of nuclear weapons or the selling of those nuclear weapons because that's been going on for 15 years. So we would have a military solution if we decided on containment. So why live with a nuclear weapons North Korea uh, with a blockade? Why not have a blockade which is designed to bring down the regime, force China to change the regime, something that gets away from a nuclear North Korea? So, all right, so let's say we are able to bring China to be, you know, to the table to be extremely serious, either through economic means or by giving South Korea and Japan and Taiwan nuclear capabilities. Something has brought them to the table. China then turns around and does what to North Korea? I, I would argue... I think it's over 90%. I think it's maybe right. even 94% of the oil imports into North Korea are from China. And you cut that off and you bring that, that country, the nuclear program, to a grinding halt in a matter of months, a couple months even. If, if China were to move decisively, um, then we would test whether or not Kim Jong-un truly is capable of rational thought. Because one thing China could do is say, we're cutting off your oil. As you said, 90-plus percent of their energy resources are coming through China, which would totally end the regime's ability to exist if, if the energy were cut off. The military wouldn't stay with him any longer because they couldn't make money. They couldn't live the way that they do. Um, so that's one option China can take. The other option is to say, we're done with you, period. We're going to remove you. Right. It won't be big in public. They won't announce they're doing anything. All of a sudden, we'll all wake up one day and find out that Kim Jong-un, being, uh, what, 30 years old and obese. Went on permanent uh, vacation. Yeah, he had a serious diabetic issue. Uh, he had a stroke, whatever it was. And he's out of commission. And now General... And put in another name. Shockingly, everybody else around him had that same episode well, and is no longer it, it, capable. Yeah, all the ones who weren't ready to comply with the Chinese government, who then installs this person. And now we have a terrible person who is horrible to his people. But the one thing he does not do is become a threat to the United States uh, and, and the South. Right. That's one way that China could deal with it. And, Kim, and the reason I say this is important is if China were to tell them, we're cutting off your energy until you comply, that's Kim Jong-un's choice to decide, does he want to stay in power and live with the new restrictions or not? So coming to the end of this episode, I mean, we're, we're at the point, again, the previous three administrations have kicked the can down the road. Trump's having to deal with this. I mean, based off the reports I've seen, year, year and a half, maybe two years for reentry technology – for their ICBMs, nuclear-tipped ICBMs, at some point, I mean, we're not dealing with all the time in the world. So what do you think takes place in the next three, to, three months, six months, nine months in regards to North Korea? I would even say even the next few weeks, what yeah. do you think happens? I think it's short-term. I think in the next, um, I don't know, three to six weeks, there's going to have to be a major decision taken by the North, by the U.S., and by China based upon what Kim Jong-un does. I mean, he can he can start to stand down immediately and it all stays calm for a long time, but that seems unlikely. I think there'll be another test and President Trump's going to have to make a big decision about what he's going to do next. 
Folks, I really appreciate having a Dr. Paul Bonicelli on with me for this episode of The Right Side. Uh, hope you've enjoyed it. Again, uh, this has been your dose of rational conservatism in an increasingly irrational time.